Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Trevor Carlson, and I am the host of the Formula Podcast, where we break down and explore the elements of health, wealth, happiness, and achievement with guests from all over the world. And today, we're going to talk about the ins and outs of being an independent singer and songwriter. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Moen, and I'm very happy to be here today. All right, let's do it. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Lady Boss. Lady Boss is the first global weight loss and support community for women. Their mission is to help women lose weight while loving themselves. They help women get their confidence back, improve the overall quality of their life, and change the health of the entire family. They do this through providing the best information, products, and services possible in fitness, nutrition, and accountability. Ladyboss, over 1,309,573 women supported and counting. To sign up for Ladyboss, head to the sponsored products page on theformulapodcast.com. Now, back to the show. First off, thanks for taking the time to come hang out. I know it's kind of like out of the blue. I think I messaged you on Facebook and I was like, hey, uh, Elizabeth, I know a bunch of the same people you do. I've seen you play before. really like to interview you. So thanks for yeah. uh, taking a chance and showing up today. It's chill. It's great. I've, uh, I've got a couple weeks off from touring and, well, like a month. So got yeah. time to chill. Yeah. It's so, great. so you're chilling now in Iowa City um, before you go back on tour or? Yep. Cool. Uh, I've we I've been on the road since July and going back on the road in like January 3rd. So we got back December 2nd. So it was just a solid month of not being in the van. So you're sleeping out of the back of the van then? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Uh it's couch surfing. I have a lot of family in eastern Iowa, so just in friends in Iowa City, so just everywhere and nowhere. Yeah, it's great. So you've been uh, you've been a musician for for a few years now since you um, basically since you graduated college, right? Or even before. Started songwriting um, the fall of 2015, and then recorded out at Flat Black, and then I graduated a year after I started songwriting. Okay. So yeah, it's been like three years. So how did you go from growing up in Vinton, Iowa, to now? You know, you just you were telling me before about how you recorded this song in the in the mountains in Ireland. What was that like? What was that process or journey like? I don't know. Finally, being comfortable expressing myself through music. It was, you know, doing covers was fun, but finally allowing myself to write lyrics really helped. Uh, yeah, living in a small town, there's it. Everyone's nice, but there's a, that facade, you know, where it's it's hard to actually truly be yourself in a, in a small town if you're um, a little different than the rest. So, so once I got to college, I got more comfortable. comfortable, and then by the end of college, I was very comfortable. Yeah, and I never thought I would you know, record a song over in, in Ireland, but yeah. I never thought I'd even go to Ireland, but yeah, just someone saying do that. And then you're like, okay. And then you do it. 
Right. So I, I grew up in um, Ida Grove, so it's around like 2,000 people. So I'm, I'm familiar with like the small town, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, I was very similar when I grew up. I definitely did not uh, fit into the, um, I guess, the typical small town person <laughs> uh, profile. I was more into books and stuff like that than like football. So yeah. um, going to college for me was probably very similar where, you know, all of a sudden you're around people that have similar interests uh, as you and you're kind of able to, uh, you know, pursue things that you care about without, you know, without worrying about um, the small town, like how you look in the small town, right? Whenever I describe how I feel about my small town, people think I resent it or have a lot of disdain, which like I think everyone does a little bit, like a teeny tiny bit. But, you know, it was great. I had a great, you know, even the bad parts of it helped me become who I am. But, yeah, I think most people, when they finally leave their small town, they're like, yeah, it's, why Why was I there? Because <laughs> you are born and raised there, probably. Because yeah. uh, my parents chose to, to, to live there. <laughs> I was stuck yeah. with them. <laughs> um, no, I, I, can, I can relate to the, not necessarily resentment, but... Um, I don't know. No, oh, and I, I don't have that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I, I, I don't have... Like, if I have it, it's, like, so tiny. Right. It's so, so tiny. I, I know the feeling you're talking about, though, because I, I carried that with me for a very long time as well. It wasn't, like... I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to put into exact words because you don't have any ill will or anything. But no, it's more but there's just, always that, like... Mm, you know, I was, I was a, pr- a certain person then, and now I'm, I'm very different, and I'm doing a job I never thought I'd be doing... And going back there before I was 100% certain with what I wanted to do with my life, I did feel anxiety about running into people or, I don't know. But now I don't give a shit at all. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, spending time away from there kind of helps you detach a little bit from that. And it kind of, it's almost like um, you kind of get to this comfort level with yourself where you're just like, this doesn't actually matter anymore. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. So how, how did you get into music? My grandpa gave me a guitar in middle school because I was super into Jimi Hendrix, Rolling Stones, Peter Paul and Mary. I, I liked the sound of the guitar, and a lot of the music I was veering towards had guitar prominently in the recordings. So that's the instrument that I was gifted and took off from there. And when I, I was a foreign exchange student in France for a oh, full nice. 12 months when I was a sophomore in high school. So for the first couple months, I could not speak French very, like, well at all. Mm-hmm. And the way I could connect was with music and not with language. Yeah. Um, so then when I came back to Iowa, and there were two years where I, I had... I had, like, some really great friends those two years. And also my brother was in high school and I was in high school. So, But I did have a lot of alone time. And instead of, like, also my dad was a juvenile probation officer. So I didn't really get to go out much in, on the weekends. Yeah. So instead of that, I would just sit in my room and look up songs that I liked and then sing along to them and play them. Nice. Um, then I went to an open mic finally when I was, I think, 20. 
at the mill. Oh, nice. And then enough people after those Monday night open mics, people were like, well, someone at the mill was like, if you could finally, like, if you had, not finally, but if you had original songs or if you had a band or anything, if you'd want to put on a show here, we think you'd do really well. And I had never even thought of that. I was like, whoa, a show? Like, not just doing this open mic, this one that I go to ever. And then, yeah, enough friends and family were like, you should, yeah, like, you should write your own songs. Have you ever thought about that? And enough people asked me, have you ever thought about writing your own songs? That I was like, fuck, maybe I should. But I was still too nervous to do it. Um, I was afraid of sounding cheesy or overdramatic or if I actually expressed how I felt, would people be, like, freaked out or concerned? But then I started listening to all the music I listened to, and it's all pretty dramatic. Yeah. I was like, all right, I guess I just have to be honest. And then I finally, out of nowhere, I was sitting on a, my friend's couch. It hit me. I was like, oh a song idea and then everyone else went out or the people I was with like went out and then came back and then I had a song but it was definitely like hey you want to hang out and I was like no I can't I think something's happening in my brain and then I wrote it down I thought it out and then I showed those friends and they were like yeah this is a song there's maybe some edits but (laughs) yeah is that a song that you ended up uh producing yeah, it's called Songbird. Songbird. And then the first song I ever did with a full band is called 312 East Market Street. Uh-huh. So that's the address of George's in Iowa City, the yeah. bar. Uh-huh. Uh, and I legit wrote, now this is cheesy, but I wrote some of the first lines on a napkin in there. That's cool. Do you ever have those moments where you do something and, you're, and you look back? Are you, so you... You do something in the moment, and then in the future you see someone else doing it, and you're like, why are they doing that? And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, I totally I did oh, that. Yeah. I did that once. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I, see, I, I see that sometimes, but I see why they're doing it, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, yeah. sometimes you have to do that, that, that cheesy stuff or maybe that stuff you don't want to do. There's probably a, <clears throat> probably a reason why it's a cliche or cheesy because... You know, maybe that's where the best inspiration comes from for musicians is when they're hanging yeah. out with their friends in the bar, you know, so. That 312 East Market song is still one of my favorite songs because the observations are so specific, and I don't know if I would have remembered them best had I not written them down. Yeah. So you, so you said you did, you did the open mics, and they, they had you come back and, and play your first show there. Do you remember what it was like to play your first show at the mill? Yeah, it was great. It was nerve-wracking because everyone did know me, and this was my first time presenting myself as, you know, a musician. And that was surreal. But the amount of support I had from the people sitting in the audience after that show, I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. What happened between that first show and where you are now, you know, releasing your first final, taking your break from your from your your touring you've been doing here recently? 
What happened between now and then? Well, I finished school, so that meant I could tour. Yeah. I almost didn't finish school because my heart was completely into the... Like, before writing songs, I was much more homework-oriented, only, like, 20-semester hours, like, just really Mm -hmm. into school. And then the more I started going to shows and playing shows, I was like, "Uh, I think I like this more. Yeah. Uh, Just kind of... Uh, but to set a good example for, you know, any, anyone I know, like, you know, like my little cousins or, you know, my kids one day, even like, no matter what, I'm like, I I finished college, I finished it. I did something and I finished that. Uh, so yeah, after graduating, I, uh, Three months or like four or five months after that, I released my first vinyl, um, May 2017. And then I did some Midwest touring a little bit with that. And excuse me. And then in the fall, I came, I went to Ireland. So what do you, what do you think is the, I don't know, I want to know what like the best part and the worst part of being on your own without a label is. I'm curious. Um... Being tied to any contract is nice. Yeah, you kind of um, can go tour where, where you like. Yeah, so the nice part is you can write whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, but if you're going to do it, there's no one to help you. Yeah. And there's no one to help you financially. You know, all said and done, you know, oh, wow, you made $1,300 in one night? No, I made $0, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're more often than not, when we get paid in cash, I end up with no money in my hand. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, with a label, it comes a little bit less control. But then without a label, it's kind of makes it tough to get some of the, you know, some of the bigger shows or get uh, higher paying gigs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's hard to get the exposure kind of required to, to get to, you know, you can create a, a fan base on your own. But I mean, you've got to you've got to know someone who knows someone to get even on a Spotify playlist. Yeah. You talked a lot about the struggles of, you know, being an independent musician and, you know, growing up in a small town, all, all that stuff. So what what keeps you going after going through all this stuff? Yeah, I don't I I just complained a lot. I shouldn't uh <laughs> It's okay. I think it's important to to be honest about all aspects of it so people who do want to do it, you know, they, I I think, getting a heads up, not to deter people from doing it, but if I would have known there was this much business stuff involved, I would have been hopefully more on my shit, like, when I first started, Mm -hmm. Uh, but... It's honestly, the, the, it's the playing itself when you finally, at least as a songwriter, even though, you know, you might go through times when you're kind of in a dry spell, when you're finally not in it, that's when it's worth it. Like, when you finally write something, you're like, oh, this is why I do it. Because yeah. I'm doing it. Uh, whether five people are there or whether... 
300 or 1,000 people are there, uh, I have found that what keeps me going is just being on the stage and playing uh, and also giving each show the same amount of tenacity and intensity on stage keeps me going. Like if I get, like even if I know like hey only five people are here right now, but if I sing as if we're at the Ingler and it's full or something, it, it feels good. Yeah, I remember the show at the Ingler. Um, I actually have no idea what song that you were playing, but I just remember. Okay. I don't. I just remember. <laughs> I don't either. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I just remember. Uh, I was sitting there with Adrian because he was like, "Oh, we have to go. Elizabeth's playing." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I'd never heard of you or seen you play at that point in time. And he's like, oh, she's one of my favorites. I'm like, I'm like, she's from Iowa City. Like, she lives in Iowa City, and she's one of your... I'm like, okay, all right, I'll go. But I just remember you came out on stage, and you had, like, this, um, I don't know, this, like, energy, and, like, a, I don't know, your voice just sounded extremely... Uh, I want to use the word powerful, but I don't know if that's the right one. It's not a music, music it, term. That sounds... It was just, a compliment. Like, I'm into it. Yeah, it's great. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. This is fun. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I can I can see I can when I'm when I'm in the audience I can feel the energy as well when you're like you're like yeah this is why I'm here so yeah I think that 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 makes sense especially if you're in a room of five people or there's five people in the room and you sing like that I imagine they're like what the hell is going on yeah it's great <laughs> yeah and and that's you know on this tour on the west coast uh Again, I like being 100% honest about everything always, yeah. which sometimes is not good, but most of the time it's great. It's refreshing. Yeah. And on the tour, you know, people will be like, oh my gosh, how was tour? And I'll be like, it was like all in all pretty great. But there were also some, like, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh yeah, at our LA show, there was 100 people. No, there were five people. And at that point it was solo because I also, it's in, it's important to me to compensate the people I play with best I can. So I, I flew my bandmates back to thanks to Iowa for Thanksgiving. So I did the rest of the tour solo. So they were home with their families and yeah, in LA I showed up and yeah, the only people there were a couple people I knew who lived in LA and the sound guy. And I was sitting there before and I was setting up my amp and I was like, wow, I spent so much time putting together, I mean, you know, the tour poster, getting that there, printing it out. And you got to post about shit on social media all the time. And anyways, I finally got there and I was like, wow, I spent so much time on promoting that specific show because it was L.A., you know, yeah, yeah. and five people were there. I was like, damn. And then I started playing, or right, right before I started playing, I was like, yeah, but at least no matter what happens, you get to play in L.A. And did you ever think you were going to do that? No. And I did it, and it was super fun. And I sang, my, I sang so hard that I almost, you know, I was kind of hoarse the rest of the night because I sang so hard uh -huh. to nobody. And I think it's important... To do that, e even if you're someone who, you know, in your room or in the studio, singing or playing your ass off, mm -hmm. that's all that 
that really matters, you know? Um, so, and then there were also some shows when we were on tour where I was like, all right, guys, heads up. There's going to be like nobody here, but we're going to have fun, whatever. Ma. And uh, there were a bunch of people there. Yeah. The next question is, I'm, I'm sure as you travel or even when you come back to Iowa from play, uh, playing the shows on the coast or playing in Ireland, there's probably people that ask you, like, you know, uh, for advice. Like, do they want to do it or they want to put together a band or something like that? You know, what advice do you have for, for those people out there that, you know, they want to be doing what you're doing? <laughs> First piece of advice is don't be afraid to show people what you're doing. Like, once you've created something, um, it, it never hurts to get feedback from people who, you know, your friends, your family, like, even if you're, yeah, just getting, like, showing people what you're doing, and they might give you, even, like, your grandpa, who doesn't know anything about music, might say something about a song you're trying out, that is actually like, oh, yeah, uh, I should totally do that a different way. Another piece of advice is to go, when you're starting out, go to as many open mics as possible. Um, the more you play new material in front of people, you can gauge what songs are the ones that not only are your favorites, but other people's favorites. Yeah. Because another piece of advice is if you're going to write a song and you're going to perform it, you're going to have to just sing that song a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to um, write as much as you can and then perform the songs that you're going to want to do for a long time and the songs that are also going to engage the audience as much as possible, too. Uh, you never know what's going to resonate the most with the crowd until you play it in front of one, yeah. I'm sure. They're, they're, um, I used to work at Shorts, Burger and Shine, the yeah, yeah. downtown. I'm familiar with Shorts. Yeah. And Sunday nights, I started an open mic there. And uh, so basically, I would start the show, and then I would have a guest play for like a half hour or so, and then I'd finish the night. Or sometimes I've had mul I would have multiple people hop up and play my guitar and sing. And that was awesome, because Every Sunday night, I got to try out a handful of new songs I wrote, and I'd sing all of them. And I think, oh, that one I wrote on Wednesday, it's my favorite. Everyone's going to fucking love it. And then I play it, and everyone's like, oh, I really don't like it's fine. <laughs> but, but then I'd, you know, play a song. I'd play a song that I uh, didn't think people would like, and then people, people liked it. I'm like, oh. And then I play it again the next week, and people will be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So you know, those are the ones that, as long as I still like it, are the ones that get on the record, and then the ones on the record are the ones that you tour with, and then the ones you tour with are the ones that you play all the fucking time. Yeah. If you had one one message to leave the audience with, what would it be? I think the most important thing you can do as an artist is to help other artists when you can. Um, so, yeah, if there's anyone watching this who, 
you know, one day wants to try and do whatever it is I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'd love to, you know, anytime I can give advice or connect people with each other, uh, it's great. That's yeah. what I want to do. So. Cool. So reach out when they're ready to, when, if they want to do a song or something or find, get some advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Trevor Carlson, and I appreciate you taking the time to stop by and whether it's viewing our episodes or listening to our podcasts or reading our blog posts, all of you guys really, really help, uh, help keep this show going. So I'm, I much appreciate, uh, appreciate your time and attention, and hopefully we've provided a little bit of value for you. Now, if you're interested and you think you might enjoy getting some blog posts, emails, other podcasts, uh, guides, any of that sort of thing sent to your inbox every week, go ahead and head over to theformulapodcast.com and sign up for our email list today. That's a wrap for this week's show. Thanks again, everyone, for stopping by, and I look forward to you tuning in next time.